there's a song, <clears throat> there's a song out that until I was preparing for this morning, I, I had no clue. The title of the song is My Stupid Mouth. Uh, maybe y'all have heard it, maybe you haven't. I've never heard it before, but if, if ever there was a theme song or a background music to our lives, this is my song, My Stupid Mouth. You know what I'm talking about, too. You know that you say something that... that if, if there's any way you could draw it back and pull it in, you would. Yeah, my stupid mouth, if I could just learn to stop and think before I say something. Ted Lowe, the guy that spoke at our Married People event, tells this story on himself. He says, I'll never forget one morning, we had a little tiny one-bedroom, one-bath apartment in Southern California. I'm in the mirror shaving. We have one mirror in the whole apartment, one mirror. And I'm in the mirror shaving and she comes in and she does the things that women do that I call the owl. She backs up to the mirror and then she swivels her head around 180 degrees so that she can see her backside. There is not a guy in the face of this planet that can, I can't even get my turn to go right, that can swivel their head that far around, yet she swivels her head around and says the most stereotypical thing in the whole wide world, and he missed it. She said, do you think these pants look too tight? And he said that he didn't realize that he was supposed to lie. He said to her, yeah, (laughs) kind of. And he said from that moment on, he started to learn what he absolutely knows for certain today, that it only takes a few words said at the right time, at the right moment, to take our relationship in a direction that we didn't want it to go. Few words at the right place, right time to take a relationship in in, in a direction that we don't want it to go. And he is absolutely right, but it's not just marriage. It's our relationships with the people that we work with. It's a relationship with our kids. Just a few words and you're going in a direction that you don't want to go. One of the reasons, and I think I've mentioned this before, one of the reasons I don't want us to do a published church directory where you've got to set a time to come to the church with the family, get everybody together, come in, have your picture made, all that kind of stuff, is that every time my family has done that, we have fought all the way to the church. It happens every time. I don't know what it is. It's just something about getting in the car to go to get your pictures made that just sets everybody on edge and somebody asks a very simple question and somebody answers with a very simple wrong answer and boom. And you know what I bet happened? I bet happened this morning that some of you came to church exactly the same way. Had it out in the car. And then the minute the door opened, you're in the parking lot. It's, hey, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Hey, how y'all doing? You get back in the car and the minute the door closes. And another thing I was telling you, (laughs) right? Hey, I'm on this thing. I know how this thing works. There was a guy that said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. There's a biblical name for that guy. We call him a moron. Because we all know, we all know that words hurt us. But now here's the mystery, and you tell me if I'm wrong. If I were to ask everybody in this room this morning, on that little piece of paper that you had in your your bulletin, flipped around on the backside where there's nothing there, and I ask you to answer this question. Do you want, do you want 
to say hurtful things to the people that you love the most? I bet everybody in here would say no. And even the ones of you that are mad at your spouse or your children or your parents, when you lean back a little bit and think about it a little bit, you're saying, no, I really don't want to say hurtful things to them. Instead, I want to say things to build them up. If I were to ask you the question, do you want to say words that are healing, that are life-giving to the people around you and have the most influence, you have the most influence over, would, is that what you want to do? The answer would be yes. That's what I want to do. I want to say words to people that make them feel better, that make them stronger, that make them go through their day better. Then why is it that most of us find ourselves saying the things that we don't want to say and not saying the things that we do want to say? What mystery is going on there? The Bible's got this thing nailed pretty good. There's one verse that not only describes what ha what's happening, but tells us what to do. Now, I know there was a preacher this week who said, you may not have heard it, I saw it on Facebook and then looked it up, and he really did say this guy, and I'm, I pray for him. He said that the way the church could be relevant today is we need to quit relying on 2,000-year-old letters. Well, let me tell you something. Technology's changed. The world's changed. People are people. People will always be people, and God will always be God. And there is one tiny verse. If you're going to memorize any verse in the Scripture, I want you to memorize this one. It talks about your words. I want you to get the New Century version of the Bible. Go to BibleGateway.com or BLB.org. Uh, sorry. BibleGateway, I think it's .org, and BLB.org. You can look it up in the New Century version, and here's what it says, the first part of it. Careless words. Listen. Careless words stab, are you listening? Careless words stab like a sword. I want you to think about that. Careless words stab like a sword. Because here's the deal. If you ever get stabbed, you remember it, right? If you ever get stabbed, you remember it. If you ever get cut real bad, you remember it. I have a scar that runs right there across the, I guess that's the palm of my hand, right across the meaty part of my thumb. A little scar, well, scar's about that long. You know how I got that? My brother and I were fighting over who was going to feed the dog. We had a, a tin, we were feeding him canned dog food. And we had opened it with one of the vitty, 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 vitty things that opens it up. You know what I'm talking about? And it left a little tab on the edge of it. And he grabbed and jerked as I reached. And that little tab caught right here and cut across my hand. I remember that. Careless words stab like a sword. You would remember it if you were stabbed. Young guy, Lake Notley. We are, uh, uh, I was, I don't know, I think I was around 11, 12 years old. Couldn't have been much older than that because my brother was six years younger and he wasn't a part of the first part of the story. My uncle, my grandfather, and my dad were going down to the lake to go fishing. And so I walked up to him because I'm the oldest, you know, and I'm ready to go. And I said, can I go fishing with you? And daddy said, no, there is no room. And I'm looking at the boat, and it's a 17-foot John boat, and we've had five of us out in that before, and there are three going now. I don't think they got that much fatter that fast. I couldn't understand why I couldn't go. No, there is no room. A little while later, 
before they could get out in the boat, we had some drop-in company. Cousins came in, aunt and uncle and the cousins, a couple of girls came in, and so everybody comes up to the house, and we talk, eat a little lunch. Then daddy turns to everybody and says, y'all want to go fishing? Everybody said, yeah, yeah, let's go. And everybody rushed down to the lake to go fishing. My daddy, my granddaddy, my uncle, the two girls, my brother. Daddy looked at me and he said, you coming? Passive aggressive. No, there's no room. Mm -hmm. Words, words, careless words stab like a sword. A stabbing is an event. We remember events, especially the hurtful ones. Careless words stab like a, like, a, like a sword. It is an event. We remember events, especially hurtful ones. And men, I mean, we, we, we pretend like these things don't bother us at all. We've got this thing going on, but we are fragile in this department. We walk up to one another and say, wonderful things to each other like hey loser how you doing they'll just let anybody into this place won't they they'll let anybody do this we say those kind of things but on the inside we we don't want we we don't want to hear that we remember what it was like guys i bet you've got a story just like i told a second ago about the lake you were at the ball field and the coach came up and there are a bunch of guys standing around the coach says to you something about your incredible lack of athletic ability And you remember how it hurt because that was a stabbing for you. Or maybe it was something more recent like a raise or a promotion. And you went to your boss and you asked your boss about the raise or promotion. And he hadn't really thought too much about it because it didn't mean that much to him. And he gave you sort of a lame, half-thought-out explanation. That was a stabbing for you. That's why to this moment you can remember exactly what was said in that moment it was a stabbing ladies you've got the same thing going on you know you do probably as a little girl somebody's excuse me somebody's word stabbed you gentlemen you know this for a fact women have tape recorders for memories they don't forget anything we walk away the reason listen the reason our clothes are lying on the floor and we don't pick them up It's because when we take them off and they hit the floor, we forget where they are. And we're walking off. You know, everything's great. Women remember where everything's been since the beginning of time. Women remember everything that's said to them. I bet women in here can do the same thing. Think about some place in their history that someone said something to them, especially about the way they look. And they can look at, and gentlemen, you know this because you've watched your wives go through this. They'll stand in front of the mirror and you're looking at this beautiful woman and they'll say something about being ugly or being fat because a mother or a father or friends used careless words that are stabbings. Stabbings are events and we remember those especially the ones that hurt. But here's the great news. This verse from Proverbs has a comma where we stopped, and there's more that comes on the back side of it. Careless words stab like a sword, but wise words 
bring healing. Wise words bring healing. Think about this. The very thing that wounds us, now listen and think hard about this. The very things that wound us are the very things that God wants to use to heal us. And I find that pretty amazing, actually. You think about it, he's going to heal those stab wounds by using other words to bring healing to that situation. Wise words bring healing. These people that you do life with, at work, at home, your kids, your spouse, whoever you're really close to, God, listen, God has given you the power to heal them. Now, I'm not talking about Benny Hinn going to swing a coat around. I'm talking about bringing, yeah, that's right, on the forehead. I'm talking about words, wise words, that bring healing to the people that we care about. Now, I wish I could give you a formula where you could just speak one sentence and it'd be instantaneous healing, but we know better than that. It doesn't work that way. It takes day after day, situation after situation, words that's going to heal their wound, but as frightening as we think it is that we're going to be the ones saying those words, listen, it is a privilege given to you by God. I consider it to be a privilege to be a pastor. Because when my job, I get goosebumps when I say that, because when I do my job right, and I hear the Lord's voice, and I speak the Lord's words, the Lord will take whatever gibberish comes out of my mouth, he'll put it into somebody's head, I will see the light come on in their eyes, their lives will be changed. They'll go to heaven when they die, they'll start learning how to live right this minute, their lives will be better, they'll have people around them that they will take with them, all because I had the privilege to speak God's word. God's given you that very same privilege. A privilege to build these people up. A privilege to build your wife up. Privilege to build your husband up. Privilege to build your children up. A privilege to build your parents up. A privilege to build your bosses up. It is a privilege. God trusts us to use what he's given us to speak healing into people's lives. If our spouses or the people around us or our kids are going to have parents... If the people who are going to work for us or that we're going to work for speak these great words, they're going to bring healing, but these things are going to happen. Now, here it is. Get ready. Here is the hard part. They will heal because we choose to speak them. Everything comes back to our responsibility. We choose to speak them. It's our choice. It's a great choice. It's the choice. We choose what we're going to do. Now, how do we do this? How do we choose this? Well, you know, they just make me so mad I could just spit. Well, I'll tell you what, spit and keep your mouth closed. Might be better off that way. They may say those things. It is your choice how you react. And we know that. But here we are confronted with it, coming from God. We choose how we react. We choose what we say. We choose what we're going to do. We make this choice. Now, super practical. How do we stop saying the things that we don't want to say 
and start saying the things that we do want to say. Number one is we have to learn to be slow. We have to learn to be slow. We've got to learn how to slow this thing down, especially when we're angry. Men, I can't speak about the women. Never been one, don't want to be one. Whew, they got too many moving parts. But for guys, I'm telling you, they've done research about us, and they know that when we get super, super angry, our blood pressure goes up. We get this rush of this chemical called cortisol, which shoots all through our bodies, makes us lose our minds a little bit. And we just say what we're going to say, and then when we get through, we sit down, and you've done it, I've done it, every last one of us have done it, and I imagine the women have done it too. We sit down and we go, why did I say that? Where in the world did that come from? It's because I was out of my mind for just a minute. We've got to learn to slow this thing down. We've got to learn to get a control on the front end and slow down. Listen not to speak, listen to hear. Radio stations, I checked with Travis Nunn. Travis uh, runs Believers in Broadcasting radio station in Forsyth. And, uh, and he works at WDEN some and I think some other radio stations in Macon that Travis works at. And I asked Travis about this to make sure it's right. A lot of radio stations have a seven-second delay button. Now, Travis said that some of the radio stations live by the wire, that when you speak it, it goes out. But he said some radio stations have as much as a 20-second delay. Do you know why they have that? So people can keep their jobs because they're just talking, just having conversation, and then they say something they shouldn't say, and with that seven-second delay or that 20-second delay, they can cut that out, and nobody hears it, and everybody's happy. I am convinced that if I could find a way to invent something that you could embed in one of your teeth, and when you open your mouth to speak, it captures the sound and holds it for seven seconds. And when you realize that you're about to say these stupidest thing that you have ever said in your life to somebody you love you could clench your teeth and it would make that sound go away I would be a cabillionaire a cabillion is a lot of money don't we wish we had that seven second delay let me recommend something to build in that delay when you see yourself getting super angry you're 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 about to respond you're not using wise words. You're not trying to heal anymore like the Bible's telling you to. Lean back a little bit and say a quick prayer. And I don't mean a prayer, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't mean a prayer that you say out loud like, God, would you help me live with this jerk? That's not going to work. That's not the kind of prayer we're talking about here. What we're talking about is put a little delay in. Lord, help me slow this thing down. Help me use healing words. It is your choice it is your choice what you're going to do choose to take a second and say Lord help me respond in a way that will strengthen my marriage that will strengthen my spouse that will strengthen my relationship with my child that will strengthen my relationship with my parents help me to respond in a way with wise words that will bring healing I want you to think about this next point real hard I want you to think about it real hard because I think that this gets lost in the translation for us. I want you to think real, real hard about this. If I were to ask you, what do you want your marriage to look like? If you leaned back and thought about it for a minute, you could answer that question. I was, I was talking to somebody about this 
talking to somebody about this the other day about when I finally get old enough that I can't work anymore because I don't ever see retirement for two reasons. Number one, I don't think you're supposed to quit. And number two, I'll never have enough money to quit either. So I just have to keep going. But when I finally get to that point that I won't go anymore, I want somebody to sit me in a rocking chair on a front porch somewhere where the sun's streaming in, where Renee can come and sit down beside me every now and then and read her book and we can just sit there and enjoy, enjoy it. Hey, life's good. World's great. We can think about what we want our lives to look like, what we want our marriages to look like. I want to ask you, what, if I were to ask you, what do you want for your kids? You could answer that question. What do you want from work? You could answer that question, couldn't you? Just think about it. Don't, don't think about what's going on right there. I'm talking about a bigger picture. What do I want this to look like? What do I want this to be? We could answer those questions. Now, here's the point I want to make to you. Do not let a moment of anger and frustration rob that from you. Do you understand? Do not let anger and frustration, a moment of anger and frustration, turn you into somebody who is using careless words and stabbing that person that you love like a sword. Take that, don't let that moment rob you of what you want. It is your choice how you react. Choose to use wise words to heal so that that happily ever after that you want so bad will be your happily ever after. Don't let a moment of frustration steal from you what God wants you to have. He wants you to have happily ever after. One man, one woman for life. That's what he wants you to have. And he's given the option to choose how you're going to react. Don't let a moment of frustration rob you. And the way you can stop that moment of frustration from robbing you is learn to slow down. Have to be slow. Now, slow does not mean silent. I was working in Eastman. My team, we, were, we had sales teams, like 10 or 12 people on each team. There's a team over here, a team over here. My team was in the middle of the room this way. We were pretty close little management group there. There was only four of us that were on the management team. And I noticed one day at the end of the day that I had a coworker who hadn't spoken to me all day long. And I thought, well, it's a little odd, but it's not too crazy. You know, we've been busy all day long, and it's just one of those things we hadn't spoken. Well, the next day I came into work, worked all day long. End of the day, I noticed again that Angie hadn't spoken to me. Sort of interesting, you know. I mean, it's not like we had to see each other and had to talk to each other, but for her to go to the ladies' room, she has to pass my team. For her to go see the boss, she has to go by my area. So on the third day, in the middle of the day, she still hasn't said anything to me, so (laughs) I'm so smart and wise, I decide I'll walk over to her area, and I said to her, Ange, you hadn't said anything to me a couple of days. Have I made you mad? Her reply was, I didn't think he was ever going to notice. Yeah, well, it would have helped me a little bit if you had come up to me and said, Randy, you know what you said the other day? You hurt my feelings. Never heard that. Words, words, sometimes the most wounding words are the words that are never spoken. 
but that our wives need to hear, our husbands need to hear, our employees need to hear. We've got to be slow. We can't be silent. The second part of this thing is to be slow and to be smart. Now, folks, this is, I want you to listen right here. If wise words lead to healing, we've got to be smart, but we don't have to be Ph.D. smart. They talked to a Ph.D. who actually said these words. We have convinced a generation that a group of Ph.D.s have the answer to relationships and marriage, and somehow the average person has to get those complicated answers from us. Here's what I'm seeing. People are forgetting the basics like being kind. Well, now, Randy, you're just talking to us about psychology. Well, if you'll turn to Ephesians, you don't have to. Just remember this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, you'll hear Paul say in one of those 2,000-year-old letters that the guy said that we can just not use because they're not relevant anymore. The first words that Paul uses in Ephesians 4, 2 is what? Anybody want to take a wild guess? Be kind one to another. Basics. Be kind to each other. We know how to do that. I'll give you a couple of quick examples, and you're going to say to yourself, Randy, those are so trite and easy. Yeah, I want you to think about these words that we don't use in our marriages to the people that are closest to us. Well, they just know. No, not when you use them every day. Use these words, think about what they mean. Think about the difference in this. I wish I had something to prop my feet up on. Oh, y'all can't see me over there, can you? Well, let's do it this way. Come out. There you go. Here we go. There goes my thing falling off. Got my feet propped up. I'm watching the race. Wife walks into the room and I say, get me a Coke. Now, I'm telling you right now, at my house, that would not go. I mean, get me a Coke. Okay, what if instead, as we find our wires and pick ourselves back up off the floor, what if instead I said, honey, please get me something to drink. Does it have a different ring to it? Okay, Randy, that's simple. I want you to think about what the word please means. I want you to think what that whole scenario means. Please means that I know that what I'm asking you to do is not what you came in the room for. That what I'm asking you to do is to put aside what it was that you were on the road to do, and I want you to make my priority more important than your priority. I understand that I am putting you out. Now think about what we're saying. Would you please do that for me, please? Think about please. I'd appreciate that one. Uh, here's another one. Thank you. When's the last time you said that to your spouse? Let me tell you, there's magic that goes on at my house. I'm telling you, magic. Really, Hogwarts kind of magic. I go to my bathroom. This is not a picture y'all want in your heads. <laughs> Let's just say that I'm going to take a shower. And in my closet in the bathroom, there's this black thing that when I take my clothes off, I toss it at that black thing, and about 80% of the time, it makes it in it. But even the ones that don't make it in it, that fall the clothes that fall around the side of it, if I throw it into that black thing, about two days later, they mysteriously show up in my closet. 
and they're washed and they're hung up or they're folded. It's crazy magic at my house, right? Guys, those clothes don't get washed by magic. No, you're going, I have to wash my own. Bet the majority of the guys in here think that if it goes toward the hamper, something in the air goes and cleans it up and hangs it on. What about thank you for that? Ladies, the grass getting cut when it's 102 degrees outside, you think that thing just, you think it's fun riding on that mower? Tooling around out there, got my zero turn, having a great time? You think that's fun in 102? It's not. How about a little thank you for that? The kids come home with good grades. Those good grades weren't given to them as a gift. How about a thank you? And kids, let me share something with you. Nobody owes you fancy shoes and fancy clothes. Walmart wears just as good as what you buy at Belk. But if mama buys it wherever you buy it, I don't know where you buy it. That's magic at my house too. <laughs> clothes just, oh, I like that. Thank you. Thank you. A simple thing like that. Here's one, guys, that your wives and your daughters need to hear. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. Because, see, here's the deal, guys. When you're tucking your girls in at night, you need to whisper in their ears that they're beautiful because if you don't do it, they're going to find a guy that does, and the guy that does isn't going to be doing it to help her. He's going to do it to hurt her. And guys, let me tell you something else. If you think that you're the only one that thinks your wife is a pretty woman, then you need some psychiatric counseling. Your wife needs to hear from you that she's beautiful because when she goes to the office or she goes somewhere else, somebody will tell her that her hair looks good, that her dress is pretty, that she's looking nice today. Ooh, I like the way you did your makeup. Somebody will be happy to tell her that. Keep your marriage strong and make sure that she knows that the person that thinks the most beautiful, that she's the most beautiful woman in the world is you. We need to tell them that. Here's another one. I love you. Do you know what I love you is? It's the way we get off the telephone. Right? Hey, honey, got to go now. Love you, bye. We need to get very liberal with our use of the word, I love you. You know that I love you. Say it, I love you. I'm absolutely crazy about you, I love you. These are just a few of the things. Randy, that all sounds like psychological stuff to me. Find me in the scripture where I'm wrong with this, and I will apologize to each one of you personally one at a time. One of the neat things about God is that you don't have to be a PhD to get life right. It's basics. It's the basics, simple stuff. Go slow, be smart. Think about what you're going to say. Say a prayer, something to slow you down. Think about what you're going to say and use words that build up and not words that destroy. Take your time. Don't use words that stab like a sword. Use wise words that heal.
now. As I've been speaking to you this morning, who has God drilled into your heart? Who has God drilled into your heart? He loves you. God does. He is very specific with us. He knows us intimately. He knows everything about you. And he knows right now that there's somebody. Who is that person? Is it your spouse? Is it your children? Is it a coworker? Is it that needy person? Y'all know which one I'm talking about. That needy person that just annoys you to all get out because every time you turn around, there's that needy person. I had one that worked with at Bell South, and which I'd see her come, and it was an interior groan. Oh, man. Here she comes. And she knew she was needy. That's why she was there. It's like she was saying to me, don't give up on me. I know that I'm high maintenance. I know that I'm hard to be around. I need somebody to love me. Please let it be you for just a minute. Slow down. Wise words. Build her up. Who is God drilling into your heart? Who needs to hear words from you that are smart? Who needs you to slow down who needs you to use the privilege that God has given to you to heal them to make them strong so that you really can live happily ever after God's word says careless words stab like a sword but wise words bring healing Let's pray. Father, it makes me angry. It makes me angry, my lack, my lack of power. I would love to be able to stand up and, and do the Billy Graham thing and have everybody hear the word and their lives be changed and moved and motivated and, and they leave and they become a different person and they, their marriages are strengthened and, and marriages that are almost at a point of divorce are pulled back from the brink, that people's lives are restored, that children have two parents who coo in their ears every night. It makes me angry that the devil messes with us makes me furious that things are put in front of us that tear us apart, that we want the other so badly, yet there it is, messing in our heads again. But you are more powerful than the evil one. He is nothing in front of you. I pray for your spirit, Father, to move over us And that we would leave here today with a resolve in our hearts to slow down and to use words to build people up. You know it's going to be hard for us. Everywhere we turn, we see people yelling at each other. And Lord, we we make our minds up before we talk to somebody that we're going to yell at them. 
Help us, Father, not to have careless words. Help us to build each other up. Lord Jesus, move in our hearts, I pray. Amen. Some of the words that's been spoken to us over and over again come from God's words, words to heal us, to make us better, words that say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Wise words to change your life forever, to help give you the power to make the choices that you need to make, to give you the power to live a godly life, to be like Jesus. All he asks you to do in this relationship is to trust him to do what he says he's going to do. And that's to change your life. If you've never done that, I, I ask you this morning, I expect you. That's, I really wish I could expect you to accept that. But I ask you this morning to think hard and to pray and to turn to God and tell him that you know that you've lived differently than what he wants you to live and that you're a sinner and that you need forgiveness and that you want him to make you into the person that he wants you to be and then trust him to do that.